Hello, welcome to Can I Borrow Your Mind, episode 11, I think it is. My guest this week is Sam Taunton. Sam's one of my favorite comedians in the world. Uh, he's, you might have seen him on The Project uh, or MTV, he was on for a while, I believe. He's got a regular segment on Triple J Breakfast and he's just a brilliant comedian. He's won a bunch of awards. What's he... What do you want? I think he won the award for best comedy at the Perth Fringe. He got nominated for best newcomer at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival a few years ago. Uh, Raw comedy, he was a national finalist in that. He, there's a bunch of clips of him on YouTube. You can watch a whole of his special, like a whole hour special of his online. I think on ABC iView. Uh, and he won the Pinder Prize at the Melbourne Comedy Festival, which I think. The, the prize for that is that you, you get sent to Edinburgh Fringe and he did a show over there. He's just like a very, very good comedian. Um, makes me laugh a lot and he's a great person. So it was really nice chatting with him. I really enjoyed this episode. I think you'll like it as well. I'm not going to uh, take up any more of your time. I um, hope you're all well. I hope you're enjoying your lives. I'm in Melbourne at the moment. I just got a COVID test. I've 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 got a bit like some cold symptoms. So, you know, good luck to me. Hopefully I don't have COVID. Um, I don't know why I'm telling you that. It's irrelevant. Just, you know, I'm just going to stop talking. This is a good podcast and I hope you enjoy it. Subscribe to it. If you like this podcast, just give it a subscribe, rate it and share it online. Um, share it with whoever you think. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm rambling on. Just share the podcast, have fun, and I'll speak to you soon. I recorded this on the lands of the Kulin Nation. I'd like to pay my respects to elders past, present, and emerging, and say that sovereignty was never ceded in Australia. I hope you enjoy this podcast. I enjoyed chatting to Sam a lot. I'll see you next week. Rock on. Catch you later. This is episode 11 of Can I Borrow Your Mind with Lewis Garnham and this week's guest, Sam Taunton. Have you, have you got any unhealthy habits out of it? I've been drinking much more. Oh, Mate, I've like yesterday I had like an intervention with myself about drinking. I was like, this is, I've been drinking literally every day since I last saw you in Adelaide. Like, I'm not even joking. Like, and it's gotten crazy. Like, there were points where it's just like blackout drunk every day. And it's like, and you just get so used to it. Like, yeah. I and mean, I still feel healthy, but like, hang on, let me get my microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that you're having a beer, mate. I'm drinking a beer as we speak about our alcoholism. <laughs> Dude, it is so funny. Yeah. Did you just kick it into gear? Like straight away. I had a straight away. I had a thing um, like, you know, I wasn't working at all. So every day was kind of like the weekend. But my thing was 4 p.m. on the weekends, 5 p.m. on weekdays, like first glass of wine every single day. I'd wait. I'd wait till then. <laughs> And I'd always like feel happy that I'd made it that late, you know. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, it's a str- well. Do you want me to start recording now? Yeah, if you want. I'm I like the way I've been doing it. I've just um, I've recorded it all on my end, and then just 
edited it but people have told me that it works better if you record it separately and send it but i haven't done it like that at all yet and it seems to be fine oh well do you want to try it or do you well if it's fine don't worry about it do you just record the zoom meeting yeah well dude that's the other thing is that that shit though like when i listen back to it it seems like okay audio but is it it well i think it's fine (laughs) if you because if you both got microphones yeah 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 i think it's fine most of the people i've chatted to do yeah, man. Fuck it. Let's just do that. Let's that just do that. So, it's easier. Saves me a wee transfer. Exactly. I feel like like it'd be fine with you, but when it's someone that I don't know, like I feel a bit awkward, like making them record it and then send it to oh. me. Like, I don't know. No, I do agree. It's like, I mean, it is a bit of work for them. Mm. And I like that you don't care if I have to do a bit of groundwork. <laughs> yeah, no, it's different, you know. We know each other. You could, I could. Yeah, you. yeah, yeah, mate. Yeah, I've got fucking nothing going on. <laughs> yeah, what is going on? Tell me about your life. I haven't seen you since March, and obviously, yeah, it's been a hectic year. What's what's Dude, going on? I mean, I feel a bit um, guilty because, like, life is just normal, like pretty normal. Mm. Hey, like yeah. it's not because, like. My comedy career has kind of, you know, it ceased to exist. But, well, you know, everyone's kind of has. But, like, in terms of, like, I just go sit in the pub and it's still similar from that perspective or, like, I go yeah. to the beach, you know, like, and I, it's kind of okay. And I look at all these, you know, everyone in Melbourne is crying and um, <laughs> wanting sympathy. That's the other thing that's going on. Everyone why in Melbourne is... Why shouldn't we want sympathy? It's like, come on, it's the most entitled. You should be grateful you're in the lockdown. Other countries just let them, you go and die. That's what every other country approaches with, just go and die. And Melbourne's like, we're going to lock down. We're rich enough to lock down. And everyone's like, stop posting photos at the pub. It's insensitive. We have to live in a five-kilometer radius of Brunswick. It's like, fuck off. You're like... You you're, privileged Melbourne. You're, you're like... You're like so shitty about our privilege when you are also you're like you've had that but you haven't even had the lockdown you know you're not at risk of dying you're in sydney there's no cases you're criticizing us but like your situation is way better i reckon well, if, you'd been, if you'd been locked better. down if you'd been locked down you'd be whinging just as much as us. can i say no one if sydney got locked down like this no one in Melbourne would have sympathy for Sydney. <laughs> it would so just true. be like, suck shit, Sydney. I've been doing stand-up about it, how I just like, I miss the days when it was 700 cases a day in Melbourne. Like that was the happiest <laughs> days of my life. And you know what? Everyone in Sydney is like pretty on board with it as well. Only because of the way Melbourne has behaved. They have no choice but to do this because otherwise the whole country was fucked. Mm. Everyone's like, Oh, you know, think about our sacrifice. It's like, how about you don't get yourself in that position in the first place? Have you? It's a very um, unpopular opinion. That, <laughs> yeah, but I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, sadly do see where you're coming from. Like, fuck, I've, I've got nothing to complain. Honestly, someone asked me the other day. They're like, "How's it like being back at work, coming out of lockdown? It's nice." And this sounds insensitive because obviously it's been quite tragic, the whole COVID thing and a lot of people have died, but I I'd say I've enjoyed my life more during the lockdown. <laughs> Dude, that is so interesting. <laughs> like, Why do you think, I mean, I, I feel like I've found a different level of happiness only because, um, you know, career stuff gets put on hold. So you have mm-hmm. to kind of be like, what do I like about myself or my life? Yeah. So you're you, kind of forced to do that. Yeah. And then do you, 
because I that's actually one thing I reckon I've struggled with. I reckon stupidly I like tie stand up to my identity. Like, do you absolutely? You, yeah, yeah. But I'm also have been lucky enough that I can still do comedy. How is it? Like, how, like, is it is there restrictions on how many people can be there and shit? Is it weird? Yeah. It is. It was really weird at first, but now it's kind of, it's like at 50% now. So like, mm. it's like the comedy store in Sydney is back. So it's like, that's half. So that's about 140 Fuck. and they space it out. So it feels full and it's pretty good. Like so it's actually almost in a way better because I don't have to like travel a lot. <laughs> you know, like I know I can still, and because there's not other people in Sydney, like it's only Sydney comedians. Mm. Um, you know, there's just, and there's someone who's, you know, is kind of okay at comedy. I'm just, I've, I can do heaps of stand-up. Yeah, there's right? no competition. <laughs> but it's also funny because it's like, um, I've been thinking a lot about uh, will comedy change after this or will the mm. industry change or whatever. But I think um, the thing I didn't think about is like the new people kind of are struggling because there's no gigs. Because there's no big gigs, like our festivals have all been cancelled and stuff we're just kind of still around just doing all the bar shows and the, and the club gigs. So if you're new, you can't get those shows uh, because like, and you'll see it when it starts up again in Melbourne, because like everyone will be at the little shows yeah. because there's no other gigs. So if you're new and you want stage time, <laughs> it's just going to be really hard to get stage. Time. Fuck. It's shit. That's so shit. Do you reckon anyone? It's, it's yeah. Like I just think it's a, just a, a part of it. And in two years we'll have vague memories of this. I don't think anything, anyone will learn anything. Or um, we'll, we'll just be like, that's right. It was a bit weird for a while. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then we'll move on. That's sort of what I think. So you don't reckon, not talking about like the whole world here, but just talking about the comedy industry, you don't think there'll be like lasting things that change. Like uh, say, for example, a Zoom gig, is that something that will ever ever exist, say, after there's a vaccine? That's such a not. great question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, I really hope not. <laughs> I think um, it will change things like this, like podcasting stuff. Because I think it is cool that, like, yeah, you and I are in different states and we can chat. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe people will, I think it's well, like maybe corporate type stuff uh, in the sense that, like, you know, businesses might hire a comedian. But I think business a business dynamic will change and they'll be less face-to-face now as well. So maybe people yeah. will host awards and et cetera. But Zoom comedy gigs, dude, when it goes back and you start doing stand-up again, you will be like, oh, my God. I forget how awesome this yeah. thing is and yeah. how like not to be too wanky, but how special mm-hmm. the kind of being in the audience and anything can happen. Yeah. Like I was at the comedy store on the weekend in Sydney and it was just like electric, just like the whole vibe. It was just like, it was really cool. And to be honest, like, I feel like um, people do want to go and see stand up comedy. It is yeah. one of those times where it's like, let's go see what people have got to say. And, you know, heaps of people have got COVID material. Heaps of people don't. Like, people don't really care if you don't have COVID material. Yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah. people just want to get out and be, al- not, be alive, you know, Definitely. and just exist in some kind of normality. The Zoom gigs, like, the thing that I hate about it the most is, like, before doing a Zoom gig, I get the nerves, which I get. I get that pretty much every time I do stand up, I get really nervous still. And yeah, before, awesome. before a Zoom gig, that all, like, it all gets pent up. 
And then when you do a normal gig, it's like those nerves are all pent up inside you. And then you get on stage, you get the first laugh and it all like evaporates. And that's like this euphoric yeah. feeling. But on totally. Zoom, you just don't have that. <laughs> so like after the gig, you're still, you've still got this like nervous. I like talk to my housemates after the gig and they're like, what's wrong with you? Like, why do you seem so stressed? Because you that's haven't had so the release. Funny. That it's is horrible. so true because you know, you're totally right when you're nervous before doing stand-up. There's there's a moment when you you're just in and then it's you you forget about being nervous and you just have mm. one with it. Um, I haven't done any Zoom gigs. I've just kind of said no to them. I don't want to do any. But yeah. I do I do a radio segment a few times a week or occasionally like with you know different people. And I and because you can't go into the studio, um, I've kind of just been doing it from home. And it's kind of weird to be not that I would get nervous before doing radio, but like it is that kind of you're anxious. But if you go into a studio or you walk onto a stage, there's like a big process. But if you're just sitting in your bedroom nervous, it's so weird. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I did like a corporate gig from my bedroom. And like, yeah, for like two hours before it, I was like going outside smoking cigarettes. Like I had a couple beers. <laughs> like I sort of treated it like I was at a gig. I put nice jeans on. Gig. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That but is was, how you should do it. Yeah, I think so. But it was, it was like horrible. It, yeah. How, yeah, how'd you go? Did you get laughs? Pretty bad. No, nah, pretty bad. Pretty bad. To be <laughs> I've done. I've done three of them, and like none of them. None of them have gone well, like for sure. <laughs> and also, I think I know why they haven't gone well. Like I've seen other people do them, and like like similar to if you were performing at a shit comedy room and the crowd was just shit or whatever, you obviously you have to address that and maybe like leave a lot of your material alone. Don't just do your material and like chat totally. to the crowd about why it's shit. Like what's that weird little light over there? And I'm quite bad at that. I have like a tendency to just stick to my material. So I'm doing these Zoom yeah. gigs and pretending it's a real, like pretending I'm at the comedy store, <laughs> like doing my material <laughs> as I would do it and not addressing the fact that it's fucking weird. And I think, yeah, that's that's why it's did, been so. Did shit. you have any Zoom jokes though, or anything? No, like, I'm not, not wearing really. pants. Or, I don't know. Not really. <laughs> nah, not really. I probably should have. It's like you should have had one joke about being that. on Zoom. I came on and I was like, "Hey guys," and then just went into like a bit that I wrote three years ago. Oh my <laughs> god, like you're so dumb! I didn't even talk about COVID at all. <laughs> <laughs> I just pretended it you're was pretend- completely normal. So you're just hoping that they are pretending they're in a comedy club. <laughs> totally, yeah. And you're going to pretend. You should have said that at the start at least. Yeah, That's yeah. Something for con- like- Just anything for context would have been good. But yeah. I- but don't you ever do a stand-up gig and then you comment on the room when you're in the room? You're I, like, I oh. do. I do do There's that. There's like a weird fan there or something. And then even on a Zoom gig, you didn't think to do that. <laughs> I was like, no, nah, this is all normal. <laughs> hey, guys, thanks for having me. <laughs> Straight into it. <laughs> oh. will, you do, will you do any more? Uh, nah, I, I really, I, I hope not. I, I accepted those ones because I needed the money, but I'm back at my day job now and, yeah, I'd, I'd hope. And I hope that they're just a thing of the past now. I hope that... I really hope. I think they definitely will be. They have to be. Unless they're like um, little shows that are filmed. You know, like our producers, we're the same producer. They were putting on some little ones and filming them before you guys got locked down. Yeah, yeah. And that I did one of those and that was different. That was quite nice because there was like, I think they were allowed to have like 15 staff members in the room. And like, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. And, you know, they were all laughing. It's like, it, it felt like, a normal gig a small really small gig but sort of normal but when you're doing it just to the people on the computer it's fucked it's like... well i'm obsessed with um 
in America, there's a few comics like Nate Bargatze is one of them. And they're doing like these drive-in theater shows. So like, mm. and they were doing them in the UK. Cambo, uh, Sam Campbell did one and he was telling me about it. And you can't really hear any laughter, but they honk and stuff. Like, wow. Wow. Well, so you're on stage at a huge <laughs> drive-in and you're like, you say whatever your punchline is. You're like, and then, then, that's, and then it was a dog the whole time and everyone's like, beep, beep. Like when someone kicks a goal at a local footy game. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it'll be like the Ve- Venezuela. What was that cool thing yeah, called? Yeah, Cup? yeah, that's it. That's the People one. Like just blowing on it. <laughs> do, I can't you, think of anything worse. I, I think that would be horrible. Can you? I don't know. Do you think he would mind if... Um, because I, I now I'm just like imagining how Cambo's spot would have gone at something like that. Did he did he tell you about how he went? Like was did he, he have a weird he experience? He said it wasn't very good. Yeah. Uh, but you never know with him. It maybe yeah, yeah, it's his yeah. perfect. He might have all this drive-in material. <laughs> Unlike you, Lewis, I'm sure he would have <laughs> tried to do something appropriate for the condition instead you know of just is? being like I'm on the gala. Let's just go for it. <laughs> This is um this is quite honest and you know a little bit maybe too honest or whatever but I I think it's like the biggest pitfall of my comedy I get really nervous doing impromptu shit like even if if someone comes on before me and they have an interaction with a heckler and then I get on and it's like you have to address it I I even then I I want to avoid it I get really nervous I like I'm so reliant on my written material i feel like you're the opposite of that like you're you're well there's quite a few of well, especially I mean, in yeah, sydney there's a lot I'm of you not, like you chenny people like that terrible. <laughs> so you kind of got to talk around it, it is you got to punch it up but um <laughs> i don't think that's a downfall of your comedy at all i think it's just oh, a, thanks, a different mate. style i watched heggy on the weekend luke heggy maybe one of the country's best acts mm. and he doesn't like talking. So he got heckled and he just ignored it. And everyone's really? like, Oh, and he was, and he was like, come on, I'm just going to keep going. Like, and, and then just killed. Really? Yeah, it was fine. He didn't get like the big laugh you get from being like, I'm going to uh, say something mean about your mother or whatever yeah. you do. Put <laughs> yeah. Like um, hecklers down, but he just powered on through. And um, mm. you know, he's one of the best. I don't think, I think it's just kind of stylistic choices yeah 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 but but it's annoying because like i'm forfeiting like you said the bigger laugh like there's that the 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 laugh that you get from like saying something witty to a heckler that you've clearly just thought of on the spot that laugh is bigger than the best joke you could write no matter how good that written joke is (laughs) well i mean always get a bigger laugh that's the most depressing thing about comedy (laughs) but dude anyone could do it (laughs) we spend all this time writing like you know, like, <laughs> yes, but that's not true because people don't remember. They don't remember that laugh. They'll remember someone heckling. They'll never really remember what someone said, but they'll remember your joke about Obama. That's true. You know, killing innocent uh, people <laughs> with drones. Like they'll remember that bit. Um, yeah. You know, like that. That's what they that's take true. away. That's the thing with a lot of crowd work comics. Like you go watch people that only do crowd work. You know, and it can be awesome and amazing. Like there's some of the the masters of it. Like if. Moshe Kasher's got a great crowd work album that he put out this year, last year, turn of the year, maybe. And it's awesome. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people just do crowd work and it, it's cool. You get laughs, but it's kind of forgettable. Yeah, like you, yeah. you kind of trick people into laughing. Whereas you go watch, a, you know, someone amazing who does something awesome like Edo or, you know, Gleason or, or any of these kind of really good acts, you know, and, and they say something and people take 
that's so true that's so true yeah it's like and it's not the 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 biggest laugh isn't the measure of what good comedy is or what memorable comedy is at all exactly don't get me wrong laughter helps (laughs) (laughs) my lord does it help (laughs) but um I tried to wear a suit on Saturday night doing comedy. <laughs> Have you ever done that before? Is this a brand Never. new thing? Never. Why did it you was... do it? You know, I, Damien Powers started doing that recently, trying to copy him. Is he wearing a suit? I've seen him in a suit quite a few times. I had times. a missed call from him on Friday and I wore the suit on Saturday and I didn't Whoa. call him back. So I wonder if he was ringing up to be like, you better not be wearing a suit. This I can steal my gear, my suit thing. The suit went so bad. The first five minutes I was bombing so hard just because I, th- I looked like an investment banker. Like yeah, I think a- like you're too, you're too much of a pretty boy to wear a suit. No offense to Damien Power, but I think with him, it's sort of this juxtaposition of like, he looks like this sort of blokey guy and he's wearing a suit. But with you, it's like, you look like you'd, yeah, I just look like I work in finance or something. Or something. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Which is not who you want. So it's um, young, back young successful lawyer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be. Yeah, you can't be above the audience. There's no place for that. Totally. But then you watch people like uh, Mulaney or Seinfeld or whatever, and they're yeah. wearing suits. You know, and it kind of and it does work for them. Yeah, I just like this. This might be a boring chat or whatever, but. I watched, yeah, sorry if, if this is boring. No, 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 no. That's all good. What I'm about to say might be boring. <laughs> oh, okay. Because like if people don't like comedy or whatever, this is a bit boring. But like I've been told by so many people to watch John Mulaney and I watched him like maybe three days ago, just like a Netflix special. And I couldn't get past 10 minutes. I hated it. Really? <laughs> yeah. I think my friend Tim Hewitt why. is similar. I don't think he likes John Mulaney. Fuck, either. I'm going to talk to Tim Hewitt about it. Cause is I, it, is it a bit bland yeah. to you? Yeah. Very is like, it just boring. It's so vanilla. Yeah. 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 That's exactly. Wow. I think he's uh, very funny. I think he's one of the best working today. Actually, people have told me his jokes back. Like someone told me his joke about like writing happy birthday on a card. And oh yeah, when, when it was their rendition, like one of my friends telling me that joke, I loved it. And I was like, that's so (laughs) actually, I have the same thing with Seinfeld. I love my friends describing premises of Seinfeld episodes to me, but I hate watching Seinfeld. I find it (laughs) so boring. It's so crazy. You're like, (laughs) If you could just get Seinfeld or Mulaney to write for your close friends <laughs> yeah. at the pub, you'd have a great time. I'd pay thousands of dollars for that. <laughs> That's crazy. Because yeah. I think um, part of the, I think Mulaney especially is like his act outs and stuff are, are what makes him really good. Yeah, I think that's I one know. of his things. Yeah. yeah. Okay, whatever. You're, I guess you're just wrong. <laughs> yeah. Did you, um, let, let's talk about you a little bit. Um, I'd love to why why and how did you get into comedy what was the what was the first like why what was the first little um like fuck i should do that you know well i always say that i think two types of people get into comedy mm-hmm. and i don't know if this is true but i've been telling people this after shows other comedians when i've been drinking for years so i may as well continue <laughs> saying this but i think there's two types of people that get into comedy i think people that want to write and like or create something and they have a because i think everyone does have a passion for comedy i think people do like doing funny things Mm -hmm. um but i think there's that's one type people that want to write and create and that's their real strong suit the other type is people that just want to be on the stage getting laughs and then as a comedian your kind of challenge is to bring those two things together to the ultimate comedian i guess where your performance (laughs) skills are as good as your writing skills Mm -hmm. type thing i think for me i've just probably 
a bit of an egotistical narcissist. And um, my dad was a performer. He was a country music musician. And I think in some, you know, horrible way, I'm still trying to impress him. So I think I was like, <laughs> I need to do something where I'm the center of attention. Maybe. Do, do you, cause the, the other thing about comedians that people often say is that they're like social outsiders or like, you know, like, uh, like socially awkward people or whatever. And yeah, I don't think you're that, but, but do you, well, think, I don't think you, is your need for either. attention? No, I don't think I am either, but I've definitely got some weird sort of need for attention. I don't know. I haven't really psychoanalyzed it enough to figure out where that comes from, but you reckon yours comes from your dad? Probably or like being, cause he would wheel me out when I was a little kid um, to play like guitar solos for people. <laughs> like it's true. Like he'd take me to shows that he did. And then halfway through, he'd bring me out and I'd play like little guitar solos. And everyone was like, this kid's a prodigy. Like I was really good back then. And I think that that has really gotten stuck into my brain. Mm. And then, um, and it was like, I had no choice but to try to, but maybe not. No, it sounds so gross, but like, I do think there was something like that was driving me to do it. Even if I never admit it to myself. But why not just follow music if you were already good at it and like blah, blah, blah. Oh, why did you switch to comedy? Because being earnest is so lame, you know, like <laughs> it, if you're actually telling people how you feel about things, it's the hardest thing you could ever do. It is so hard to do to be like, I'm lonely or, you know, I, I'm I, sad. I and so it's like, so it's like, I don't want to do that. Like, cause that's actually mm. takes to do that in a nice way or an artistic way. It's the hardest thing you could ever do. Mm, and, yeah, but you know, yeah. it's easier than that and still makes you feel almost <laughs> as good. Just telling a story about, you know, when you're a fucking idiot on stage. Yeah. 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 That, yeah. I think I'm the opposite to you. I think like, and I think, yeah, my stand up is too much of me just trying to like be emotional and like talk about, how, how fucked everything is or like you know what i mean without the jokes without enough no <laughs> i've seen all i saw your show this year and it was great it was very for there was so many laughs all the way through it there were some heavy thanks, issues man. yeah yeah there were some very heavy issues you were ah, you're having man. a crack at some presidents <laughs> <laughs> are you gonna just groups maybe actually that's a good speaking of comedy i mean speaking of presidents sorry um when I think you mentioned it before about some people doing material about COVID, some people not doing it. When Trump got elected, I remember being like, I'm not going to go near this. Cause like, I think maybe partly I thought I wasn't good enough. And partly I was just like, fuck, there'll be so many people doing it. They'll do it from every angle. Like, why am I going to add to that? What's your stance on that with COVID? Like it's like the biggest well, thing yeah. in the world. Are you going to talk about it a lot? Are you going to write a show about it? No, I'd never write a show about it, but I think you kind of have to talk about it or have references to it. At the moment, I have about 10 minutes of COVID material. That's mm. pretty good. That's working. And, um, and I think it's like, I, I, I don't think you have to do it, but if you've got some kind of interesting take on it, I think it is of interest. And yeah. I think if you're a, a pretty good comedian, the audience will let you know if it's pretty good or not. Uh, Dan Rath has got like 25 minutes of COVID material wow. and it's like, it's better than like anything I've yeah. ever seen. Like it's so funny. Yeah. Um, but the, I don't think you have to do it. And the same with like you saying you didn't want to do Trump material. It's like, yeah. I, I, like I, I think it's, everyone was like, Oh, this must be so good for comedians when Trump happened. But it was mm. like, not really because like, it's already just pretty far fetched. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, 
Exactly. It's like, what am I going to say that's funnier than anything he's ever exactly. said? Exactly. Like, I'd rather play a video of him talking. Like, that'd be funnier than my take on it. Absolutely. Who do you yeah. think wins the election, by the way? Because we're recording Bi- this literally the day before yeah, the election. Yeah, I think Biden wins. Um, but I don't know. I'm a bit fucking... <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit feeling a bit apocalyptic about that country. I, I feel like regardless <laughs> oh, what, of who wins... Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is strange. Mean, that they're all dying bad. of a plague. They're having a, they're in the midst of a civil race war. If you're feeling positive, I would be really yeah, worried. I think I might go to New York next year when things open up. <laughs> travel around a bit. Um, yeah, sure, of course. I mean, yeah, everyone would be thinking that, but I think, like, I, yeah, I just think no matter who gets elected, it's going to be fucked there for so long. I feel like this about the whole world. I've been having this problem on my podcast with all the guests. Mm. I'm getting too negative <laughs> and I'm asking them like dark questions. And also I feel like most people are in like a dark. Actually, that's a good thing to ask you because I, I don't think, I think you're quite a, um, not like a happy-go-lucky person, but you're quite positive. <laughs> Look, you're not happy in the sense of the word happy. But, you know, I think you, you, you a, don't seem that sad. You don't seem, given everything that's going on. You know, a lot of people are like, like very doomsday at the moment. I don't think, I don't think of you like that. Like, do you, are you worried about the state of the world or you feel all right about it? I'm pretty worried about the state of the world. Oh, but I also, and I really was at the start of, of when the virus first kicked into gear, um, I, I really started to get worried. I started to get, but I, I'm such a narcissist that I was like, I can't believe this is going to take a year of my very limited career, yeah. you know, yeah. like it's going to take a year where I can't go and work and stuff. But then I was like, Oh, people are dying. And you know, that's, you know, yeah. it's obviously <laughs> going to be quite serious. But I also think that like, you know, nothing bad that bad has ever really happened to us in our life. Like up until 1950 life was just shit from whenever it started, Mm -hmm. you know, whenever life on planet earth started, it just sucked. Like people were dying, bad things were happening. And then for some reason, like after world war two, it was just amazing. It was pretty good. Yes. There were some, there were some wars and some, you know, but minor things, but then, you know, it's about, I think it's about time we had, you yeah, know, yeah, so yeah. Much. We were in a pause. Like, Everything was paused for a while and now it's dude, totally kicking off. And maybe, but even this pause, like living in Australia is like, hasn't been that bad at all. I know. I know. It's just like, Weird. yeah, like heaps, heaps of my friends are now earned, like got on JobKeeper, started earning more money than yeah. they would have earned for the last decade. Like buying stuff off Amazon, like Amazon's getting rich. Like yeah. the world hasn't, as much as we're just like, what a year. It's also like, yeah, it's, I mean, I don't know. I, I am worried for the world, but I do have this great thing, not great thing, but this this idea, and I mentioned it before and you kind of agreed, that in two years' time, as a global collective, we'll, we'll have vague memories, but we won't really, we'll yeah. just be like 2020 was a bit much, but we won't learn anything. Yeah, like the, that, I mean, I reckon the bushfires is a good example of that. Like after the bushfires totally. happened, I remember being like, we're going to be thinking about this constantly for the next three years. Like we're not going to forget this in any hurry. And then COVID happened. Totally. And like, I've, I don't think anyone's thought about the bushfires. Well, it's, <laughs> it's incredible w- watching people like um, prioritize or, or like, or kind of do power rankings of their, of their compassion or the things that they're passionate about. Like t- today is we're recording this on Melbourne cup day mm. last year. 
you couldn't like you know if you so mentioned true. a horse yeah. people would shoot you in the street <laughs> and this year the cup's going ahead there's been a few i think there were maybe some protesters out there yesterday but there has been no channel 10 almost yeah. got shut down last year by broadcasting <laughs> the race and i think and that's not I'm, I'm saying you know there's a lot of issues in the horse racing industry but i'm just saying obviously this year people are being like well it's a bit you know we can't yeah, take on too cares? much right yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> who gives a shit i think that this is this is the problem with all the all the world's problems is that there's too many of them and each like we go in like <laughs> three month cycles of like one thing like you know i just watched the social dilemma and like for the next few yeah. weeks the biggest thing that i'll think about is like fuck instagram's so fucked and then in like three or four weeks a documentary will come out about like whales or something and then i'll just be worried about that for like totally. four weeks and then i'll move on to the next thing and I'll never actually do anything about any of these problems. I'll just like think about them, get worried, and then move on to the next one. Well, you might do something. But the other thing is, is that like, you know, our lifespan is so short historically. And it's like, you know, if us just learning about them is probably enough for us to take on. And then hopefully the next generation yeah, will be yeah. a bit more advanced and then they can, like progress and, and change takes time. And um, maybe all we have to do is watch more Netflix and then we're doing our duty. <laughs> it's just so. like, it's a lot to take on. It's like, yeah, all right. I've got to solve horse racing today. Yeah. Tomorrow yeah. I'll, I'll well, take down climate change. I, and then yeah. the day after that, I'm going to make sure that, you know, we've got peace in the Middle East. It's I like, know, how do you do it all? It's almost, you got to stick with one. You got to, you know, when you get to like 16 years old, you got to be like, I'm going to try and make as many people drink soy milk as possible. And that'll be my, <laughs> my little thing that I'll try. And you just devote 30, 40 years to that. And then you will have made an impact. But I, I spend like, you know what the impact's going to be is that more men are going to have man boobs. Cause there'll be more, isn't that, isn't there like is that what a happens? lot of, Estrogen in soy milk? Oh, well, fuck. I might be wrong. There's no fucking that solution the, to anything. But that is the issue. What if you dedicate your whole life to something and, and then, then it turns the out to one. be wrong? Yeah, it's yeah. the wrong one. People oh, find man. your Twitter account from 40 years ago and they're yeah. like, drink soy. Drink soy milk. How could you not drink soy? Turns out soy milk is yeah. kind of funded by the Nazi party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's, yeah, you, you don't know with any of that shit now. Anyway, um... <laughs> What was it like, Sam? What was it like growing yes. up in Nowra? You know, I, Nowra. I holiday. I used to holiday near Nowra like a lot. With Shut up. Family. Yeah. Where? Um, a place called Browley. Do you know? Yeah, yeah. Browley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful Actually, part of the world. I've got a question about it. When we used to go there, I sort of like did a lot of my growing up there. Like we'd go there for two weeks every year. It's fucking beautiful. I love it so mm. much. I love that whole totally. stretch of coast. Um, But there was like... Because I was like, you know, I was going there from when I was like maybe six or seven years old to when I was 17 or something. So like all my growing up, all my like puberty, I've got lots of like, you know, coming of age memories. in. Oh Bradley. my God. <laughs> this is a beautiful story. You're, you're a South Coast of New South Wales boy. I really am. I love it. I love it. Like I, I love all, I love Batemans. I love Maruya. I, yeah. I'm like, it's when I go there, I feel like a, like a little bit like it's home really big time. If I smell the air. I'm like, fuck yeah. Anyway, but getting sidetracked, there were these guys, <laughs> there were like these every year we'd go there and there was like a gang of like sort of scoundrels, these boys, and they were oh about the same age as me. So I sort of watched them grow up. And when we were about 11 or 12 years old, we'd see them and, and they, 
they'd write um, <laughs> in the cement, the wet cement, they used to write brow boys because it was Browley. Oh, and yeah, which yeah, is like yeah, a yeah. clever take on brow boys. And, and then like they sort of, a couple years later, we'd come back, they'd graduated to like graffitiing with spray paint. Like, you know, we had little altercations with them where like they'd yell at us like we'd be like fuck off brow boys like they'd be like fuck off tourists they had like a big blow up um like a blow up donut that they'd take into the surf with them and it said like we bash tourists on it oh my god <laughs> and they were they were just like so they were, they were you're a tourist your gang is a tourist yeah 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 so and the, it was like me my brother like a few of my cousins like a few of my sisters like so it was sort of like our little crew and we'd see every year yeah. we'd come back and i think they'd remember us and we'd remember them and like yeah it was just it was just like <laughs> and what i'm wondering is growing up in Nara, were you like a what what sort of social sphere did you fit into you were like were you like a Nara boy were there Nara boys well, there is a Nara Boy hip hop group called the Nara Boys. Really? They've got a song. You can look it up. It's called It's called Nara Boys, and Fuck the chorus it goes: "It's the postcode. It goes two five four one Nara Boys two five four one oh, Nara." And then the end line is like, "We ain't fucking with clowns or something." I don't know. It's um, I was talking about it on another podcast the other day. It's crazy now. I never really mentioned I'm from Nara, but now it's gotten out, and now all of a sudden people are obsessed with what I think is one of the worst small towns in the, in the country, <laughs> but it's surrounded by all these why? beautiful. Why do you think it's shit? Well, it is the reason why I think it's shit. It's kind of like a lot of small towns in coastal areas is that it's like the big town. So probably like 30,000 mm. people live there, but there's all these tiny towns around it. So like, it's kind of the meeting point for everything, but it's not yeah. quite big enough to move into a city status where it can evolve to have like, you know, you know, cultural diversity and kind of a yeah, different yeah, of employment yeah. and infrastructure. Yeah. So it's in this kind of weird holding pattern where it's like, it's just got like enough things to kind of cause a few problems, I think, but it's surrounded by like the most beautiful parts of the world. Like Jervis Bay has got, you know, oh. it's got the whitest sand in the world, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> I wasn't, the big issue with tourists on the South coast of New South Wales is just the traffic. The roads just can't yeah. handle it. So yeah. I remember growing up and being furious and like giving like tourists the finger on like the, the <laughs> yeah. highway and These, stuff. They, they, and like, it was very off. common around there. I remember that all the time. Shit, people like you giving us a finger, fuck off. They'd see yeah, our number plates. <laughs> yeah. Because it was just like, you're not there the rest of the year, you know, you, yeah, you, yeah. you just cut pop down in like a two month window. You're not there in the middle of winter. You pop down to ruin. But the irony is but, it's like, Tourism keeps the place alive. But were you like, aside from the tourism thing, were you like, uh, these guys were like, uh, the, the Brow Boys, they were like these sort of like tough, cool, surfy, like that was their thing, like surfy, skater, uh, yeah, country boy, but like, you know, that bit cooler, you know, those sorts of guys, shark tooth necklace, like, you know, that sort of <laughs> well, shit. Well, I never, I never had a shark tooth necklace. Like, but you are you right. Everyone surfed, everyone surfed, everyone skated, everyone smoked bowls. That yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. that was the big vibe. Everyone wore like surf brand clothing as well. Like, I just you can't, didn't have, I can't really like, imagine be you like, being in that, that crew, you know, like we, did you feel? Yeah, in? well, no, well, I, I, I was there for a while, but then I kind of became like, a nerd because I started playing golf, which is, and right. I became like quite a good golfer and became like a state golfer. And yeah. that kind of, you know, couldn't have been more at odds with um, <laughs> yeah. kind of the surfer crew. <laughs> and I kind of stopped surfing when I was probably 14. 
but um, due to my people skills and charismatic charm, I stayed <laughs> on good terms with everyone in all social <laughs> yeah. situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I want to get back into it now. You know, as, and I think that's like a thing from COVID is like everyone's longing for nostalgia. Like even you, the way you're talking about rally growing up, is that I feel that now about, I bought a surfboard the other day, so I'm like getting back into it. Yeah. I, I'm trying to reconnect with this kind of useful cool. idea. And I've been down a bunch of late because like you can't, I'm still allowed to, you know, I can leave Sydney and stuff. So I've been able to go down the coast and hang out and, um, and yeah. So I think I'm, there's something inside of me that wants to reclaim that weird little kind of surfer rat vibe that I had growing up. That's so nice. All right. What, well, um, I'm going to let you go soon, but let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Any other like new things that have come from COVID, like little things you want to get into, or even I know you guys haven't been locked down as much as us, but I guess in the absence of your comedy career, like in the absence of like being able to do big festivals and stuff, is there other shit that you've gotten interested in? I've been Perfect. playing a lot of guitar. I told you I was a guitar prodigy, but I've been like playing, like I've been learning a lot of like finger style guitar and like learning theoretic. I'm just like playing guitar for two That's hours cool. a day. That's which so has been good. really fun. And I've been, I mean, yeah. And drinking is probably the other thing that I've really lent into. I've, I'm living in my, I'm living, my friend um, has this amazing house that I live in at the moment. He, um, he's, he owns a toilet paper company. This is a true story. It was <laughs> just before lockdown, him and his brother inherited the third biggest toilet paper company in the country. And, <laughs> what, um, what, uh, can I try a guess? Yeah, go. Are you can we say it? the commercial one? I can say it. It's commercial. It's Royal Touch, is what it's called. Oh, it's yeah, I know them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I really? Okay. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Is it a purple label? Anyway. No. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I no, know it is. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You'll have to come over. I'll give you they're, some. Everyone they're one of the big my... players for sure. Oh, big time. So yeah. he's my friend from down the coast. Wow. And um, anyway, so he's got, I've moved into his big house in Erskineville. And uh, so I, it's just amazing. And so me and my other housemate have just been drinking nonstop. So that is honestly, this is my day, to be honest, at the moment. I don't have to do too much work. I've got a few little writing things, but I'll wake up. I'll do some exercise. I'll play my guitar for two hours a day. I'll send a few emails. And then at about five o'clock, four o'clock, we go to the pub for happy hour. And then we'll have dinner and just keep drinking. And that's been my life for literally since March. Yeah. So you, you surely empathize with what I'm saying about life being better during COVID. Oh, <laughs> that dude, sounds I amazing. Can't stress, <laughs> I can't stress how good it is. Like I found a new <laughs> level of happiness that I never mm. thought existed. Yes, I am incredibly understimulated. But yeah. because I feel like there is a pause on life in general, it's not really worrying me, if that yeah, makes yeah, sense. Yeah, there's no FOMO. Because everything's fucked. Yes, anyway. exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you guys might have had a bit of FOMO, but like, yeah, yeah. there is no FOMO at all. Like, it just feels like this is just kind of what I've always wanted. You know, like when you go to a comedy gig and you hope it gets cancelled because then you can just have a drink. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of what twenty twenty felt like. <laughs> I've kind of always hoped everything will get cancelled and I can just sit and hang out with my friends, and that's kind of what's happened. <laughs> okay, what about has it made you? Um, have like an appreciation for stand-up i had ballard on this podcast recently and he was saying that at times with stand-up he's like fuck i don't know if i even like this do you feel like that generally about stand-up do you have times where you're like i don't even know if i want to do stand-up and then also if so if that's the case has this year made you appreciate it more 
It definitely has. And I'm having more fun doing stand up than I ever have. And I think oh. I'm better at stand up, way better at stand up now since we've come back. And I think really? that's for a few reasons. Yeah. And I, and I oh. spoken to some other comedians about this and they've kind of been able to relate. I think the main reason why I think it's so much more fun is because like you're not working towards anything. We kind of get caught up as comedians in this cycle of being like turning over a new hour or I've got to have this new bit or I'm getting a set ready to film and something. But like at the moment, it's like, you're literally just doing it because you want to be on stage and trying to be funny. So you're more in the moment than ever before. So to me, it's like actual happiness because it's like, well, not happiness. It makes me very happy, but it's like, if your only goal and objective is to be funny, then it's so much more exciting and more freeing. And that sounds crazy to say, but I do feel like the last four or five years, that hasn't been my number one kind of goal when doing stand up is just to be funny. It's to be like, Oh, I've got to get this spot good or I'm working yeah. on this bit because I need it for my new hour. And yes, you want to do well and put good shows together, but you're always kind of working towards something Definitely. and you have goals at the moment. There's no goals. So it's like the only goal is to take this little funny thing you have and make it funny for the audience. And that has been more freeing than anything I've kind of done in comedy. I think. That's such a beautiful like sentiment, I reckon. And also is like completely, I reckon would be completely applicable and relatable to any, to so many people's lives and careers. Like you get into something, you know, you want to play AFL footy because you love it and you love the sport. And then you start worrying about whether you're going to get drafted and then, and everything, you know, it weighs totally. down on you, the career aspect of it. And you forget why you even loved it. Well, totally. And, and to be honest, it's quite like, I, I, I guess COVID in a way has kind of been a little blessing because it's not often you get to have a little pause moment. Like obviously in some, you're like the AFL example is great, or maybe you, you wanted to be a doctor or, or whatever mm. kind of high pressured thing you wanted to get into. And unless you kind of reach a point, a lot of times people break down and they're like, and they have to kind of step away from something. Yeah. But COVID's kind of been like a forced little pause and then has given me at least from my perspective, the opportunity to kind of reset and, and I'm having so much more fun with comedy. I can't wait for it to go back to normal. And I am, I'm grateful for the little time off and I'm grateful uh, that I'm still doing it. And it's been so much fun, like doing shows and seeing that crowds are like, into, I think crowds have the same feeling as well. Like yeah. they've had a break from it. They're appreciating what it's like to, to laugh as a group is something that people missed mm, a lot. You, yes, you can talk on Zoom, but to experience something together in the flesh is kind of something that I think a lot of people... Uh, missed and um, yeah, it's cool. I'm excited so cool. to be doing stand up at the moment. That makes me so excited to get back into it. Um, I'm well, gonna mate, let you go. Come up to Sydney, cross the border. I will. You can come I'll, and stay I'll at my toilet up. paper mansion. <laughs> we can do some gigs. The Royal, the Royal Touch Manor. That's. <laughs> I'd love to have you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sweet. I'm there. <laughs> um, I I completely forgot to tell you this. I've done this with mm. a few guests. So I do this thing. This is just like the, 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 like the standard question I ask at the end of the podcast, but I forgot to tell you about it. So if you can't think of anyone, that's all good. I usually no, ask I'll... to recommend a, like an artist, like it could be a band or a comedian or a writer or anything. Can you think of anyone off the top of your head that you think people should check out? Well, in, since we were talking about Naura, I'd like to, mention a hip-hop artist from Naura. His name is Nookie. 
he uh, doesn't know who I am. I've met him like three times and I'm like, dude, I'm from Nowra. And, and I remember he was like three years below me at school or four years below me at school. Doesn't remember me at all. Um, but I, I see him all the time at the pub. At He's doing really well. He's getting a bunch of airplay on Triple J. He was touring all the festivals before it all got cancelled. Um, but he's got an album and, and kind of like the life of Nowra and small town South Coast is... Um, Featured heavily. So check oh, him out, Nookie, N-O-O-K-Y. He's really cool. He's managed by um, a bunch of dudes at a pub that I go to a lot. So um, uh, that's kind of, you know, he's great. Everyone would um, like him. I yeah, think. that's him a, a cool recommendation. Show. And I reckon that'll make me feel like that nostalgia thing about the south southeast coast of Australia again. Oh, dude, totally, totally. You really will like it. And when you're yeah. listening to him, just remember that this guy never remembers. Wait, was he, below the same you? Way that- was he below you or above you at school? Below me at school. Below you. See, that's yeah. weird because usually I feel like you always remember the kids that were older than you. You don't usually remember the ones that are younger than you. You guys have reversed that. You must well, I mean, he's a, he's a hip-hop artist, man. <laughs> it's just like I'm just such a loser to him. I, honestly, it's like... Um, you're a Simpsons, pretty successful like, comedian, Sam. Like, you're, you're, like if he's a hip-hop artist, he's getting played on Triple J. You're definitely equal level of like fame and success and probably more so than him. Yeah, but surely, you've, cool. surely you're the big dog in that situation. No, comedy is not cool <laughs> at all. Imagine being a rapper as opposed to being a comedian. It's That's just like I, true. I don't deserve a seat at the table. That's very at true. all. Yeah, yeah, but it's kind of like Mr. Burns and and Homer Simpson in our relationship in the way that like he never remembers who I am <laughs> at all. I'll see him. I'll probably run into him again this week. I'll be like something up, and he'll be like, "Hey, man, who are you?" Yeah, honestly, it's so funny. But check him out uh, because fine. he's from the south coast of New South Wales. I love it. I'm going to check him out for sure. That's sick. <laughs> um, all right. Thank you so much for talking to me, Sam. That was really fun. Man, thanks for having me. A treat. It was good to see you. I haven't seen you since Adelaide. I know. It was really nice. I'll, um, I'll come to Sydney soon and we'll do some gigs together. Actually, come and stay. I would love to have you. Yeah. We've got some spare rooms in this place. So, sick. Uh, sick. Pop on in. <laughs>